Hello, Pastor Deborah here. This is another class of the King's International Spiritual Care University. And today we are going to be in the basic courses. I believe it's class number six, entitled The Book. I believe everybody's here. Got your pencils, tablets, everybody's sitting down. All right. Remember, we're learning about how Pastor Deborah went from being a mental health counselor, helping people from the world's way with so many problems, to a completely different concept and way of helping people from the spirit and in the spirit with spiritual help. And I had Pastor Deborah, me, had to walk through Valley of Tears, had to decide if this spiritual realm was real, what did I believe. Also had to learn some other things, go through tests and trials and fire just to help people. Now you'll remember throughout all the other four classes I've been talking about a book. The Strong Man. What's his name? What is his game? That I found a Sunday school teacher teaching on that was written by two Assembly of God ministers years and years ago who had spent 20 or 30 years as missionary evangelists in Costa Rica. They had run into some things that their denomination did not prepare them for. They kept notes. They wrote them down. And when they came out of Costa Rica, they wanted the assemblies to uh, publish the book and the information for them. But they would not do that because they didn't believe that Christians in America, Western civilized country, could have these spiritual things that they had discovered in Costa Rica. And, they, and if they were these things there, and if this was true, they surely could not cross over the Rio Grande River and come into America that was this shining hill that had been dedicated to God, and in God we trust on the money, that had, were believers of a scientific nature, that were rational, they were no longer superstitious. They, they couldn't have these things that the Robertsons had run into. So what the Robertsons did was they went and published the book, the book themselves. When I got in the Sunday school class about 1995, late 95, 96, here's what it was. Strong man. His name. What's his game? This is the actual book that they were using that I went to a bookstore and bought. They still have it out there. It has a different spin, uh, revised and everything. But this was it. And this was what we used. This was my first book of becoming a new type of helper and helping people in a different way. I wanted to go through this with you just a little bit and sort of talk about what the book is about. It starts off with some things about who this mighty God is of the Hebrew and the Christian Bible, even the ones that the Islamic people believed in, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It goes through some of that, and it talks about his attributes, who he is, you get some details. And then it starts going into, well, how come if you believe in this mighty God, we'll use even Allah, and you're doing everything that 
these books tell us to do, but you're still having problems in life. You're still loving the things of the flesh. Uh, you're still wanting to have lots of sex outside your marriage. You're wanting to abuse people, children. Uh, you're wanting to steal, lie, drink too much, do drugs. What's going on? But yet you believe in these gods. You believe in Allah. You believe in this God of this, uh, the Hebrew God. And there seemed to be some disconnect between that belief in that and how people's lives really were. And what was going on behind the scenes. So what happened was we went through the book and we started talking things about how that when you have ignorance in your life, and the word ignorance in the Hebrew Bible means darkness. When you have that and you do not know things, you can be taken advantage of to your detriment. And so the Robertsons found some things that people had in their lives called open doors, maybe words from generationals, uh, ancestors that were still in operation. They found out that because people didn't have sort of, we'll call it, biblical knowledge about the spiritual realm, they were in a lot of trouble. And yet they could not get their denomination to believe that Christians in a Western Protestant religion who were very scientifically oriented, very rational, were no longer superstitious, were educated. They couldn't have these things. Those were just for those people who were uneducated. Did not believe in science or biology. Uh, did not have the knowledge of America did. So it was an interesting time for these people, the Robertsons. So in their book, you'll learn that um, from the Hebrew Bible, uh, we learn about some things called strong men. And this great prophet and teacher who comes along preaching a message called the kingdom of heaven has arrived. The kingdom of God is back on earth. Change your way of thinking, which means repent, and believe that this kingdom that belongs inside of you, the kingdom of love, joy, and peace, that's inside of a three-part system, had come back to the world. And what happened was they were when this young teacher, young rabbi was going around, sort of like Muhammad was doing in early Mecca, and he was teaching people that there was only one God. Just watched a great historical thing on him. I hadn't finished it yet. And he was teaching instead of believing in polygods that were in this square in Mecca that there was only one God and he was the creator of life well that caused an uproar oh Amenhotep IV discovered that back in Egypt but he had a spiritual awakening and became Akhenaten and he believed there were not polygods anymore in Egypt but one God Aten the sun god coming down. So when this whole new concept was coming out, even in Islam, even in Egypt, things got upset. So this Jewish rabbi comes along and he starts talking and telling people, you're in slavery. Your thinking is not free. You, you have some darkness, some ignorance in there. The only way you can get free of those concepts and ideas about what you believe is to have some truth, some words brought to you 
But he said you can't really get free because you got something in the way. And in this book, Strong Man's, his name, what is his game? I think I have been missaying it, but the strong man. This young teacher was teaching about that in every system, in every city, in every world government system, in every leader, in every kingdom, there were strong men. They were strong and powerful. And they had set up their fortresses, sort of like ancient days where Jericho was. And behind their fortresses, their walled cities, they imprisoned people. They kept the goods in there. They wouldn't let anybody come in unless you weren't going to cause any harm. Uh, you weren't going to present new ideas. You weren't going to uh, disrupt the system that had been set up in that city or that nation. So there were strong men that this young rabbi said they were spiritual strong men that were guarding these walls. They're walking around looking, making sure, sort of like they kind of do now on social media on some of the platforms where if you speak against something, you're shut out. If you speak up against a nation or a government about how they are treating people, you're banned. So these strong men, this young rabbi said they're there. They are set up from ancient of days. Every city has one. Every hill, every mountain, every little creek, every water, every tree, everything has it. And he said, now, they are in charge of their territory. They're sort of like the gourds at the walls. And then if you get in, they got their eyes on you. They're making sure you don't bring any new concepts, ideas, thoughts, you don't speak against the powers that are controlling that little area, that city. That strong man is to protect what his king has set up. So this young rabbi comes along and says, yeah, that's true. And that strong man is powerful. And he controls a house or a city or a family or a nation or government or systems, sports. Banking, families, and they ensure that their way of thinking and believing is protected. And that you really, as a human, you don't really know that that's what's going on. So this young rabbi says, but if another strong man comes along that is stronger And that strong man guarding that territory in here, in the mind, in the land, in a kingdom, in a city, in a banking business, in industry, child pornography, child. If a stronger thing comes along to set things free that this evil spiritual Strong man is guarding, protecting, refusing to let go free. And will not allow any other ideas, philosophies, religions, faiths, anything to be said about it. Or to come in and cause any kind of trouble. He said, but there are some other strong men out there. Stronger than those guys. And when that strong man comes along and challenges the strong man that's holding this territory. And in helping people, it can be controlling the biological body. It can be controlling all the appetites, the five senses. It can be controlling the hidden man of the heart. 
It can be controlling the spirit, that system. And then from that place, that high tower inside a person, it can work with the strongmen maybe of a land, a park, a lake, mountains, things in the natural that these strongmen said are theirs. And they guard and protect families, communities, cities. Okay, so we have a sort of a system going on here. But this young rabbi said, yeah, okay, I, we, we got that. Some things are taken captive, they're in bondage, they're held prisoner. They may not know it. All their goods and their wealth of their land, their resources, their thoughts, their ability, everything is controlled. We see that in the movie with Neo and the Matrix. How when he was born into this, controlled by the machines through a program, he was controlled by the strong man, the machines, who had a program that plugged into his system, fed him false information, false pictures, made his mind believe that that was the truth. So there was a strong man in Neo. It's called the machines. And there was a head machine dude. You'll see him at the end of the trilogy uh, talking to Neo. And he had a lot of little creatures, a lot of machines. So there was a whole kingdom of machines. And they were working with these programs and these agents in the program. And it was the machines who had become alive, who had become the strong men, who had taken captive from birth human beings. Another great movie to understand this is to watch the movie Spartacus with Kurt Douglas. It talks about how Spartacus was born into slavery in Italy and his fight for freedom. Now, he didn't make it out, but he was born. It talks about being born into slavery because you have to understand that, that people are born into that even now. In certain countries and cultures, there's one class up here, which is according to the Greeks. They are the only ones at the top of the pyramid, which you can see that in another movie called Jupiter Ascended, where the House of Braxix says there are certain families that have been designed to live and take advantage of other humans. And most humans are just to be harvested to keep us alive, and we are a culture of consuming. If you're going to live, you must consume somebody else to live. Great movie, a lot of different things. So this rabbi in this Hebrew book is talking about the strong man. I'm in the Sunday school class. I buy the book. I take it with me. I read it. You'll see my pages. They are highlighted, they are underlined, they're scribbled on, everything you can think of. Written in, question marks, follow So I took this to Sunday school class. I learned that due to our ignorance, things happen to us. We have open doors in our lives. We're born into a certain thing. We don't know any difference. We have deep roots of spiritual stuff that we don't know about. I think in one of them I talked about my history was back to the Druids back in Northern Ireland that there was a ancestor on my father's side. She had sex with a satanic high priest, a Druid, and, she, and they wanted to kill the baby or take it into Satanism, and she didn't want it. And she made a deal that Satan could have the firstborn four generations from them, what happened to be my brother. And they got him good. They really did a number of vexing and tormenting, caused him to be mentally ill, not become what he was supposed to be. They got him. He's dead now, been dead for many years, had a lot of issues. But they didn't realize uh, me. So I had to learn about ancestors and what some of our ancestors had done, our roots, learning. Remember, this was like a 30, 45-minute 
Sunday school class once a week. And there wasn't any videotaping. I don't even think we had smartphones then. There was no YouTube of it, of her teaching. So I had to go there, take paper, make notes, go home, read, get other books. But this was the book. So what we did was we would work our way through this. And um, we learned about strong men. And I would go and I would learn about in the Bible how people were helped with physical problems. How people who had mental issues, uh, cutting themselves, living butt naked in the tombs, how they were healed. Uh, Daughters who were vexed, tormented of devils and how that was done. Lady had a, a bleeding issue for 18 years. Had been to many, many doctors. And how through faith and this young rabbi she was healed. Man and the pool of Bethesda, which is a great story, because the pool of Bethesda was a pool that had been dedicated to a Roman goddess or Greek goddess. And because before Israel really came up, Rome was there, Greece was there. And it was a pool that a, a demonic strongman had claimed. So once a year, the water was troubled. There's a lot of discussion about maybe they let some water in but all these people who were physically sick would lay around the pool they never knew when this troubling of the waters they believed an angel which just means messenger of a god would come down and if you were the first person in that pool when that water troubled you'd be healed and i had to go and go now that doesn't sound like a loving god he put competition to people who are already sick to fight to be the first one in. And then only one gets healed. So what I had to do was go and study the Pool of Bethesda and learn its ancestral roots and find out there was a strong man there. So when this young rabbi comes along to a man who's been laying there for 38 years, can't move his legs, the young rabbi asked him, what you doing here? He said, well, you know, I, I can't walk. I've been here 38 years. Think about that. And somebody either brings him there every day or he sleeps there, poops there or something. He couldn't move his legs. And he said, I'm waiting for the water to be troubled, but I don't have anybody to help me to get in the water like the rules tell us we have to do. So I'll never get healed. This young rabbi just told him to get up. Just get up. And he got healed. And he runs into him later in the big temple. He says, don't go. Hey, now you've been healed. You had something issues in your life. Don't go back and do what you were doing. What was he doing? He was looking to this water, to this angel coming down. Most of the Jewish people knew that this was a pool that the gods and goddesses a strong man that had been dedicated to it. It had been under the Roman rule and the Greece rule. There was a strong man of that pool. And that's what they were waiting on. So in this book, we're learning from reading the Bible about all these different ways of healing people. Of many different things. Physical. Mental health. Spiritual, all three areas of the system. And so what happened is this book and me became very good friends. Now being on the deliverance team, we had to use this book in two ways. One, if you were in the exorcist uh, or deliverance ministry uh, with a person, maybe two or three of you, you would have taken, I'm going to show you, this is a picture. Here is the spirit of divination. In this book, the Robertsons drew a tree. So we had Xerox copies of that tree. All right. Now, and it gave us a scripture reference into the Hebrew Bible. And then it would tell, and it would give us a little talking about the spirit of divination. 
And it would talk about how that could be seen in somebody's life. And on the tree, if you look, you'll see some things. Okay, These would be considered fruit that this tree, this spirit of divination, would produce or could come through your life. And all this, if you did fortune telling or soothsaying, we learn that a spirit of divination, a strong man, would be operating in your spiritual life. Witch, warlock, or sorcerer, that a spirit of divination worked through those. Rebellion, which means you know what to do is right, or the law, and you choose to not follow. It could be, don't follow the speed limit. With people crossing into your country, there's a way to come in. But they go, we're not going to do that. We're going to be rebel against your laws. Because we don't care about your people and your country and your laws. We just want what we want. That's called rebellion. Another word for that is called sin. If you were a stargazer, did the zodiacs, did horoscope, we learned in this class that this spirit of divination would be at work through your spirit, through your soul, through your physical body. A hypnotist or enchanter. Water witching or divination. Doing drugs. There was a strong man named Pharmacos. And his job was to get you into drugs so the spirit of divination and that would work together. And magic. And then what you would see on on the page over here. It said, what were the roots of that tree? What were the seeds? Where was that coming from? And we learn it comes from the works of the flesh. And that would be the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which goes back. And then we're told also in this Jewish Hebrew Bible that by their fruits, by the things that people do or say, you would know them. So you, I had to learn to spot in somebody's life by words, deeds, jobs, whatever they did, the spirit of divination. He's the strong man. He's the big gun. This is his walled city that he uses to keep the three-part system governments and cities and councils and law enforcement and medical community within his control in his territory under his leadership. And he had to work through the the flesh, the desires, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. So we would work with the person in there And we would have told them, you know, don't eat anything before you come. And what we would do is we would have them renounce each one of these. And then we would proceed to speak to them. And we would first, after uh, we bound everything up according to Matthew 18 and 18, we would say, we bind the spirit of divination. According to Matthew 18 and 18. Then the leader, it was never me, but the leader then would have the person use their own free will. And they would go, I renounce the spirit of divination. I break the generational stuff off. I renounce fortune telling and suicide. And we would go around the tree renouncing and applying the power that came from this young rabbi against the strong man. Because we learned that if a stronger person, a stronger strong man comes along to a strong man, spirit of divination, I can't get to his goods, the the spirit, the soul, the physical body. I can't free that part. Can't free that. 
can't free a city, a land, a nation, a water, oil, wealth, animals, nature, systems, just, I can't free it. Until a stronger thing comes along and comes against the strong man that's holding his goods, he believes they belong to him, and he's holding them through these mechanisms, these other spirits, through ignorance in most of the people. Some people know that in their families they were psychics. They worked with the spirit of divination. They only did good things. Okay? So the person had to be willing to let them go, renounce them themselves. And then the leader was the only voice talking. And he would renounce and he would then proceed with the deliverance by saying, according to the word, a stronger man has come along with more power and we cast you out. In most of the people, nothing happened. In a few of them, they couldn't even get through the renouncing because the things were rising up. So we went through. We had about 16 or 17 of them. And it would take us a couple evenings or a couple times to get through them. And I'm just going to list to you the different ones. Now, they do have this book still called the same thing. I think it's a little different now. I've seen some newer versions. This is just where I started. That started me on a path. And they have the number one, it was the spirit of divination. A familiar spirit. Spirit of jealousy. Now, all of these have scripture references in the Hebrew Bible. Lying spirit. Perverse spirit. Spirit of haughtiness, which means pride. Spirit of heaviness. Spirit of whoredoms. Spirit of infirmity. Death and dumb spirit. Spirit of bondage. Spirit of fear. Seducing spirits. Spirit of antichrist. Spirit of error. Spirit of death. So I had to learn being in the sanctuary. I had to memorize those. So whenever I came across somebody and they were manifesting these things had gotten agitated, were openly vexing the person in the, the church services, I was called. And I would go and bind them up by the authority I had for my leadership, my anointing, discerning the spirits, and calm them down. Gave them an order. A stronger person had come along who had defeated them, and I was to apply his power against them. So we had this, this book was used in the sanctuary. I had to memorize the binding in the sanctuary. The rules were I was not to cast out. could be kind of messy, which some of them are. And I was just to calm these things down, talk to the person, tell them they had some issues and they needed to go home, talk to their pastor, and let their pastor deal with it. And I remind them, please don't go back to your hotel and try to, unless you've had training, to proceed to deal with this because it can get messy. And in one of the cases, I did this with a young lady. She, she had a yellow sweater on. She must have been in her 30s or 40s. She was down at the church for a service on weekend with some girlfriends. They were in a hotel. Comes to the service. Something's happening. They call me. I bind everything up, and here's what I say. Don't do anything. Go back in the service. Okay? Praise and worship. Go after God. When you go back to the hotel, don't do anything. Go back to your pastor. Talk to him. What happened here? Let him deal with you. So she went back in the service. Nothing happened. But these ladies that were with her went back to the hotel and proceeded to do a deliverance session, which they had no training in, and it got bad. 
And they go home, and the pastor proceeded, and he had no training, got bad. And this lady's father put her in a psychiatric hospital, real bad. Then the phone call came to the chaplain and wanted to know who I was and what did I do, because this father believed she came here to this church. She was not like this before, and I must have put some things in her when I prayed with her. So I'm out in town, and I get a phone call from the chaplain, wanting to know if I remember this lady in the yellow sweater. And I said, yes, sir, I do. Why? Well, uh, her father's called us, and he had to put her in a psychiatric hospital because she came down here, and, and you must have put some things in her. What did you do? I said, sir, here's the rules. One, I'm not allowed to cast out, do any deliverance. I'm only allowed to bind up, according to Matthew 18:18. 18, 18 the 16 or 17 strong men and I told her and her friends not to proceed with a deliverance session in the hotel room go back to their pastor talk to him he could call down here he could talk to you he could talk to the coordinator so he could proceed well he didn't do that either so something happened and father had to put her in a psychiatric hospital because this is very serious work we were told very early when you do deliverance work and you're dealing with these spiritual strong men, they will come up. We had a case that was about 45 miles away. They, were, they got exposed and they tormented the person so much they set themselves on fire. So it's very serious going into this. Because you're dealing with things you may not believe in. You're not in the authority. You're not under authority. So the chaplain asked me, what did I do? I told him what I did. Told him the rules. Told him I will not violate the rules. And I said, what happened? He said, well, her father had to put her in a psychiatric hospital. And he said, he's blaming you. She wasn't like this before she got here. So when you prayed with her, you must have put some things in her. It's your fault. That is how serious this is. Because the enemy is going to attack. Families are going to attack. When something that has been a part of somebody's family or life is exposed, they can't hide anymore, they retaliate. And it gets rocky. And I had to learn that, how serious it is helping people. It's even in the same way in the mental health world. If you go to help somebody, the rules are if they come into your office and they tell you they're suicidal, you're to ask them some questions. Do they have a plan? Do they have some weapons? If they do, you're to immediately get them to uh, the emergency room, call a psychiatrist, get the psychiatrist to admit them into a psychiatric hospital. You are not to play around with somebody's life. Very serious. Now, as I grew and grew in my spiritual knowledge and my authority, I could handle the spiritual death and the suicide. Uh, you, you learn how to deal with it, but at first, when you're dealing with people that have no thoughts, no beliefs in it, don't know what it is, and they get exposed by the, the strong man and the anointing in you or in the music, it gets rough. So my first thing was me and this book. As you can see. Basic. You must have a book. Now remember I'm in a denomination that didn't believe that rational white Protestant Christians in America could have these spiritual strong men. So we were off in a building quietly doing on Thursday, Friday and Saturday nights deliverance sessions I was in the sanctuaries on Friday binding up I had to even show youth pastors they didn't believe in it but when we had to carry out one of their youth I have to hold their eyelids open because their eyelids are rolled back in their head and the youth pastors needed to be they don't believe in it even when people get into your substance abuse recovery programs they don't believe in it psychiatric world does not believe in it 
But when you start going through a book like this methodically, you study, and as you can see, I don't know if you can see it here, but I have to go look up every scripture reference. Because I ain't going to do anything unless it's backed up. So let's do another one here. Okay? We did the spirit of divination. And the book goes through all the different little areas and what you would see and what you would believe and how it all works. Let's do a one called, a strong man called, The Familiar Spirit. It's in the book. As a scripture reference, Leviticus 19.31. As it's tree, the strong man is the familiar spirit. He's like the king of a castle or of a kingdom. And he has a lot of ministers and military working with him, counselors and ministers, to enforce his uh, position. Hold the territory. Don't let anything come in that would challenge it. Don't let another concept, idea, thought that this stuff is real. Stay in hiding. So, under the familiar spirit, we would first bind according to Matthew 18, 18. And here's what we would have the person to renounce. We need their will to kick in and say... If I have this, I don't want it. Okay? I want to be clean and free. Now remember, these were believers in Christ Jesus. So we would, the leader, not me, I never was, would go, renounce the necromancer, peeping and muttering, clairvoyant, a medium, which means psychic, yoga, Ooh, that's an interesting one, Spiritist, drugs again, pharmacos, passive mind dreamers, false prophecy. Those were the fruit, the strong men, and under each one of them we'll use medium. The medium would have his army, his generals, his tens that would control the person's spirit, their soul, and their body. And he would answer to the familiar spirit. And familiar spirits can travel through the families. Your grandmother may have been a psychic. Uh, we'll look at the movie uh, Ghost by Whoopi Goldberg and Patrick Swayze. Her mother was a psychic. They inherited, passes down. In the movie uh, The Exorcist with Linda Blair, the true story was it was a little boy, not a female. But it's a true story if you look it up. And the little boy had a grandmother who was into witchcraft. Now the thing that got cast out and went into the priest, uh, the original priest did a study because he ran into that guy back in ancient Egypt. And there was another movie that went and looked to see where did that thing come from that was in that Linda Blair. Now, a lot of times, so when a strong man, that's the familiar spirit, he has captains and legions, soldiers, in each one of these areas that answer to him. Sort of like if you're in any government, you have the boss. You have different councils, departments. You have cabinets and ministers. And under each one of them, they have authority. And that's how the strong men worked. And in the Bible, it said what we were learning. When you run into these, people have them due to ignorance, family ties, generations unbeknown to them. And you learn they cause physical problems, bleeding. They cause vexing. They call this one guy, he's running around butt naked in the tombs, cutting himself. And, uh, and he had what the Bible says was a legion of things and they recognized that this young rabbi this strong man this Christ Jesus had come but they didn't want to leave the territory they're very territorial they don't want to leave this body or this family they might go to a granddaughter or something and uh, so they wanted to go into some pigs well the pigs were went off the cliff 
But the man, when he lost his legion of devils, strong men, he was in his right mind. And he actually wanted to go with Jesus on a boat. He was so glad to be free. We don't know why he ended up in the tombs. We don't know why he was running around butt naked cutting himself. But the city that he was close to and his family, they had gotten used to him being out there. And they just, that's where he lived. Doesn't bother us. We see it now in many cities. Well, they're over there in that other city, but it doesn't bother us. But when those people heard what happened to that man in the tombs, they became frightened. Something they had gotten familiar with and sort of ignored had changed. And change will frighten people. So the man goes back to his city, back to his family. They're scared of this Jesus. They don't never seen anything like this. We don't know how long that man had been in the tombs. We don't know what caused him to be there. Jesus leaves, goes back over the Sea of Galilee. Well, a little while later, maybe a few months or something, he comes back to that same city. And this man had been telling his story. How You know me, you know how I used to be, you know what happened to me, you know, yeah. Well, this young rabbi came along, he did something. He took something out of me. He cast something out. There was a legion of them. And according to the Roman uh, history, that could be six to 10,000 things. And they knew this man. So he became a living witness and testimony. A demonstration that a strong man, stronger than what was in him, had come along and freed him. Now, did, he, did that man in the tombs know he had that many? Did he know that he had a legion in there? Did the city know? We don't know. It does not say. All we know is when he was healed and in his right mind, it frightened the city. They didn't know because we get comfortable and familiar even when things are bad. And when things change so abruptly, it will frighten us. They may have thought maybe retaliation was coming. I don't know. So what happened is a strong man with more sort of spiritual power than that legion gave him an order. Leave. You know, yeah, but we don't want to leave the territory. He said, oh, can we go the pigs? And they go, sure, go the pigs. But get out of him. I left and went in about 2,000 pigs. And it so upset the pigs, they ran off a cliff and drowned. Now, if you know pigs, they're not that smart. But if they don't like those things, can you imagine having all of that inside of one system? What were they doing to the man? Tormenting him? Vexing him? Harassing him? His spirit? His soul? His physical body? Keeping him from working, not keeping him away from his family, being a father, a son, maybe a, a husband, not a part of the community. He's isolated. There's no hope. I'm out here but naked. Nobody loves me. Nobody visits me. I ain't in my right mind. Why did that happen to that person? We don't know. But we saw the healing when a strong man came that was stronger than the strong men that was in his life so this was the book that began my journey to helping people in a spiritual way still dealing with a lot of mental health issues and physical problems but this was where I began and I had to study it look up words now remember, I'm in a denomination doesn't believe. But if you're a believer, I'm sure in, uh, if you're a believer of Allah, you can't have this stuff. But people can't explain abuse, sexual abuse, child pornography. You know that a lot of your Islamic people, they'll leave where they're at and go to another city. And they do some things they don't talk about. 
They do things behind closed doors that they don't talk about. And then in front of you, they look very religious. Praying. Okay. Is that going? Yes. So this was the book. So I wanted to show it to you. Uh, you can get it probably on Amazon.com or something. Uh, you can order it. This is where I began. This, I had to go slow because I had never read something like this. Had no experience with it. Okay, let's go through. And it goes through each one. It had pictures. And it goes through spirit of bondage. Okay. And it gets down to the spirit of error. And they had some other things that they wrote. And I'll tell you a little something about the Roberson. I think he's passed on now. I don't know about her. But they were uh, in Latin America for 20 years. And they ministered in Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Paraguay, Jamaica, Mexico, and Chile. And they did open-air crusades. They were evangelists. And they had a television and a radio ministry. And uh, they were very smart. And what happened was they ran into these things. And let's see when they published this. Um... The very first edition was published in 1983. Now, that was after they had already done 20 years in Central America. And they discovered some things down there where the Catholic Church is. Isn't that interesting? And they wrote it up. And they came back when they were finished. And in the back, I don't know about the new books, they have um, spiritual warfare. They had seminars. And what happened was, uh, they uh, wrote this up. You might be able to see them on YouTube. I don't know. But this was the book. And... Um, this is what we used. And um, this was where I began. And this is where I spent most of my time. And I'm going to verify everything in the book. I'm going to look for it. Look up the words in the dictionary. Because I had to know. I was challenged. I was blamed in causing these problems. It's very serious business. If you are anointed in any way, if you even touch somebody, you can stir up the strong men. And I had to take that information when I went in and God started bringing multi-generational Satanists to me with multiple personalities. Huh. But this is where I began. The book. Strong man's His name. What? His game. So I hope you enjoy this. Get it for yourself. I don't have any. Uh, I know you can order it. Read it. Look it up. Pray. Even to O Allah. And ask him. Is this real? Is this real stuff? Is this things you need to study and learn to help people from a spiritual care way? Now, when you run into the mental health world and you get into like yoga, which I ran into, yoga's a religion. And you get you open doors and ignorance and you get stuff. And the goal of most of all of these strong men is to be to you what the one God desires to be to you. They desire to torment you and vex you keep you from the truth, keep you in slavery, keep you in spiritual bondage, keep your hidden man in the mental health system. And that so they never ever get discovered, uncovered. When I go into warfare sometimes, the big strong man at the top, he'll sacrifice some of his little ones. So I had to learn how to bind them together in a chain. 
to get the top dog out. They're sneaky. They came in through basements. Sneak in a house. Remember the mummy movie? You go through a keyhole. They're on planet Earth. Now these things, a lot of denominations do not believe they're real. A lot of faiths don't believe they're real. They believe more that you have a mental health problem. And this never gets touched. But I was ready to learn about this. And this was where I sat for five years in this book. And I got on the church's deliverance team. And we applied the book in a little private setting with one person. And then I learned to bind in the sanctuary. Observe how the binding worked. So everything was connected. Still in training. Still in the church. Under authority. Under the pastor. Under the coordinator. Sitting on the team. Sitting on the prayer team. Going faithfully to church. Every conference. Learning. Reading books at home. Getting on the internet. Looking up Freedom Ministries, Bondage Breakers, Neil Anderson, I think he had Bondage Breakers, Freedom in Christ, Derek Prince wrote a lot of books about deliverance, studied it from every viewpoint, spiritual warfare, looking up the history, how did these strong men get here, look at ancient texts, ancient philosophies, I'm going back to the Samaritans, the Persians cuneiforms, the Egyptians to learn about these guys I had to learn about them I had to study their uh, system what their plans were, their goals were how they held the territory how they invaded territory then I had to study everything about the faith that I was to move in, the power and the anointing so I had two levels going on all the time while working a full-time job, while raising a child and being a wife to a husband, and having grandparents and doing sort of normal stuff. So this was the book. And I wanted to show it to you. It's out there. It's excellent. A beginner. So this is what I used. Strong man's. His name. What's his game? An authoritative biblical approach to spiritual warfare by Drs. Jerry and Carol Robitson. And here's what it says on the back. Teaches how to zero in and identify the strong man. Each strong man is illustrated by a tree showing the fruits or the symptoms for quick identification. Instructs how to bind the enemy and lose the power, loose the power of God, according to Matthew 18 and 18. Now, there are some people that say that scripture does not apply to these guys, but it does. I've used it. It works. It provides instant recognition when and where the enemy is attacking our life and the lives of those around us. It shows us that God wants us free from the strong men of the Satan's kingdom of darkness and their hassles and their vexing and their tormenting so we can reach and become all we're supposed to become in this world. These are bad, these are bad dudes. But once you get there, if you get under a good mentor and teacher, and you get some experience on a prayer team, and you're in a church that believes in it, go have private conversations with your pastor. Ask him if he believes in this or she believes in this. Do they have a team you can join? Do they have any Sunday school classes? Do they recommend any books? Do they provide this service or ministry in the church? Do they have a prayer team? Do they have an intercessory team that you can learn? A lot of intercessors are doing a lot of warfare against these guys. You have to be under authority for a long time, trained, knowledgeable, just like being in the military. you got to go from being in the world of a civilian to 
being in the world of a military team, the military knows its enemy. It's psychological stuff. It's warfare. It's how many tanks does it have? What kind of weapons do they have? How do they infiltrate? How are they lodged? When you go to battle, you study your enemy. Then you look at yourself to see how highly trained you are. And do you need to go practice up shooting your pistol some more? Do you need some more simulator training? Do you need some more hand-to-hand combat? Okay. Do you need to go to the gym and work your upper body? Do you know in the law enforcement, you cannot carry a taser unless... You have been tased yourself, and you feel the effects of that. And I told you on, a, uh, I think, previous, uh, it was four, I didn't go through this. I laid in a river. I was cleaned. Some people had none of these. Some people didn't know they had them. Where do they lodge? In your physical body, in your soul, and your spirit. And in the next book I'm going to talk to you about on another tape, is the next book that I got into that really opened up this world was Rebecca Brown's book about a young lady who came out of multi-generational Satanism. And it was called He Came to Set the Captives Free. She goes into great detail about the spirit, soul, and the body and the strong man. Excellent. I'll show you that on the next tape. She had some ex- I think she's still out there. She's been out there a long time. And uh, her stories, I, I kind of came along. She taught me, sort of mentored me through her books. Never was privileged to meet her, but I was mentored through her books and the stories. Then I read Joanna Michelson about Lambs to the Slaughter. There was another lady, I think she's dead. She was in the occult psychic stuff. They come out. Uh, there's a lot on YouTube uh, about it. There's a lot of books about it. Pigs in the Parlor It's working with this, doing deliverance with children. I did that a lot. A lot of your ADHD, your sexual abuse. Okay? So this is where I started. Oops, let me see if I can get that straight for you. Strongman. Strongman's his name. What is his game? The basic book. Go and get it. Begin reading it. Take your time. Talk to your pastor. See if there's a ministry at your church or an outreach ministry you can get involved with. You can sit under tutors and teachers and authority. You will also not only be studying this guy, but the other side. You must understand your authority, your power, the power of words. You must have a proper usage of words. They're not deaf. You don't have to scream. I can think it. There's a story in the Bible where a young uh, a mother comes to Jesus. It says, my daughter's not here, but she's somewhere. But she's being vexed to the devil. Please help me. And he says, man, this gift, this food I have, it's not for you yet. She says, yeah, I know I'm a dog. I just eat crumbs. He says, okay, because of your faith, go home. Your daughter's right. He didn't have to go. He didn't yell. You'll learn about your authority in the spiritual realm. A lot of people think I have to prove my power and authority. used to watch Bob Larson. I don't think he's on TV anymore. He was kind of loud. makes it kind of spooky and scary, and people don't want that. And you'll learn when you're working with children, abuse people. You don't have to do that. Because it's not how loud you are. It's what's backing you up in the spirit. The anointing that's on you. Jesus didn't... Hey, he healed people. Never even went and laid hands on them. Never saw them. Never done. Just said it's done. So, you'll never see Jesus raising his voice. Screaming and yelling. Okay, excellent. Watch some of those movies. Never see that. Okay. Healing, physical healing is in it. Mental healing is in it. Spiritual healing. So you'll be studying a lot. You can study even if you're in the Quran. Go look up. See what it says. 
could study Hindu Buddhism, okay? If they believe in freedom, and if they believe that there is this, this other spiritual world that could take you captive and have strong men over your life, that control you like Neo in the Matrix, got you in bondage, we want to set you free. So enjoy. Called Basic Class, the book. Strong Man is his name. What Oops, is his game? Pastor Deborah here. Agape Love Ministries. Love is here. www.agapeloveishere.org Come again to, I think this is what, the sixth class? We'll have another one. I'll bring up my other book. Tell you some more stories. Before we get into the intermediate classes, but go check with your pastors. See what they have in the church. Check with your imams. See what they believe. Ask questions. Look at your books, your, your doctrines of your religion, your faith. You're going to have to decide for yourself if this stuff is real. And if this is how you're to help people. And if it's not, that's okay. Stay where you are, but do a good job. Love always. And forever. Pastor Deb.